Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I was flying one day, and I've said this before, but I want to say it again with a very wise professor that is traveling all over the world advising governments. And he spoke about Switzerland and how the government of Switzerland is set up through uh, the principle of seven, which is a biblical principle. And we had a long discussion, total atheist. We spoke about the world. I witnessed to him. He didn't witness to me because he had nothing to witness about. But we both agreed that the world is in a heck of a state. So sometimes people think, I'm going to leave South Africa and I'm going to go to another country. And when you get there, you find that country has their own problems. So I believe we were born for this hour. He has an interesting statistic, okay? In 1967, or 19, in the 1980s, listen young people, 67% of people under the age of 25 Christians had a worldview. Today, 2% of young people have a worldview. I don't blame them. I blame the gospel that we have preached. A gospel that is self-centered. A gospel that teaches young people, it's all about you and it's not about you so that you can reach other people out there. So that is why I challenge these things because I believe the greatest generation is alive on planet Earth, but I believe that we are so sugarcoating the gospel and so putting young people in places where they do not have to take responsibility for the actions, that we keep them in a place of weakness. You know, I was in my early 20s and um, like Paul writes to Timothy to young people and I always had this, I wasn't living in sin or anything, but I always had this in the back of my mind. I still have a long time to get serious about God and I was serious with God to get my life sorted out to do what God called me to do. One day I was praying, I think it was like 23 years old, God said, you're not that young anymore. 23. Some of you are 30, you're still acting like babies. Some of you are 40 and you still act like babies. It's time to grow up. And when I talk about it's time to grow up, I mean it's time to grow up in your Christ identity and your Christ responsibility. To realize that your life is not all about yourself, that your life is about a mission, a purpose, the purpose that put Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago and that we live with one mandate, no matter who you are. And that's not to party, party. That's not to find another boyfriend, another girlfriend. Like somebody said, my, my, my brother's one son, he's married now, he's like six foot, how tall is AJ? Two meters, okay, this is by long, okay. So he said to me, one day jokingly, and he's watching the blue day, he said, Jesus me nete terug kom voor ek trou nie. Nou kijk wel, jy beter van achtertrou, okay. Want, uh, is lekker om getrou te wees, maar dis nie die doel van jou leven op die aarde nie. You have a purpose, you have a responsibility, and that's to bring glory to God. And when we talk about bringing glory to God, I want to quantify that. I want to define what it means. Because in many places, when you talk about the glory of God, it is something perceived very mystical. People don't understand what God's glory is. And when the Bible talks about the glory of the latter house, what is my role? What is my responsibility? So from the day that I got saved, I always tried to listen to the message 
to see what it says to me personally. I want to say this again. Christians, we have to have a worldview. We have to understand the hour. We have to discern the times that we find ourselves in. We have to understand what is happening in the world, what people are conspiring, what people are doing. We have to be aware because that gives you the ground of understanding so you can understand why you are alive. Like um, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, uh, Daniel, when they were taken into Babylon, captivity, taken out of Jerusalem as slaves, rather than giving up and conforming to the culture of the world, everything trying to be forced on them, they refused not to conform to this world. Exactly what the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that, the good, acceptable, perfect, perfect will of God for your life. So um, we are not here just to make a living. We are not here just to survive. We are not here to be white knuckle Christians and to wait for the rapture and the return of Jesus Christ. We are here to be influencers, to be history makers, to be the salt, to be the light. And it's time for this generation, the millennials and the generation Z to stand up and to be counted and to make your voice heard. Come on, if you're alive tonight, jump to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. I was watching the final of the Australian Open after preaching a hundred times this morning and uh, somebody made a statement, uh, one of the commentators, I loved what he said, he said for 90 or for so many years we've been speaking about the new generation that will um, take over uh, a tennis and he said it's not a new generation taking over, the, the current generation has run out of age. So Djokovic, Nadal, Federer have dominated tennis for the last 15 years. Young people have come and gone and everybody has always spoken about the next best thing and there hasn't been the next best thing. Now in the church of Jesus, listen, we can't wait for the older generation to die out. Baby boomers are dying out. Then my generation one day, 500 years from now will die out. Uh, we can't wait until we die out. It's time for you young people to stand up and to take your place and just to stop acting immature and to become a revolutionary for the cause. Oh, come on, say amen, young girl, yeah, tonight in Jesus' name. Because if you live with purpose, you are not going to have that boy come and take you out of the purpose of God. Amen. So I believe God's raised up the greatest generation of the earth. We understand that generation that matters is the church generation. And uh, we give labels to generations, etc. But we never want to be in the place where Moses' generation served God, Joshua's generation served God, and then another generation rose after Joshua that did not know God, neither the works of God. They saw the pillar of fire, saw the pillar of cloud, they saw everything, but they never took responsibility. So that when Joshua and his generation passed away, those who occupied and possessed the land, the people that had to take it further, there was no one who had personal revelation, encounter of the purpose of God, and a move of God died. And it's always like this, a move of God historically always dies with a third generation. So in my case, it's easy to pass it on to my children. For them to pass that passion on to their children is where it's at. For their children to catch the fire they caught from me. They have to be very intentional. 
That's why I say to people with what's happening in, in schools, you cannot afford to come to church and or not come to church. You have to bring your children. You have to bring those babies into the house of God. Whether it's convenient or not, on a Sunday morning, you have to dress up, dress up your baby, your five million babies, put them in your 300 prams. No matter how bad it is, you're investing in the future because you want those children to have an experience with God. And I'll tell you, our children's church are doing an amazing work. People are experiencing God. Young kids are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on, shout out to Angelique and all the children's workers all over CRC, every church. We honor you, we love you. So I've learned with God, it's never about merely calling and uh, potential. It's about accepting responsibility. Saying, here I am. And you mean it. Because people get emotional in churches and they say, that's why I've stopped with altar calls for a season. I'll maybe do it tonight not to get people saved, but to get people at the altar, because people come and say, here I am. Friday's in the pub again. It's not decided. We need people that have made up their minds. I said, we need people that have made up their minds. We need young people that have made up their minds. Amen. We need this young generation, and they don't like to hear it. I'll tell you why they don't like to hear it, because the millennials, or the Gen X's were so brilliant in parenting because many millennia, many uh, uh, Gen X's, my generation, our parents never mollycoddled us. We weren't put in cotton wool. You rode to school on a bicycle. I know it was safe then. Nobody who ever watched you play a rugby match. Today, parents go watch the kids practice. Nda hartle pa. Yane! In as a oofening. Today parents do the homework for their kids. Uh, my parents never did it for me. Nobody even watched when I did my homework. Only thing my mother ever did is when she caught me, when she found cigarettes in my room when I was in standard six. She came and took me out of school and she um, bought like three packets of cigarettes and she said, now you're going to smoke so much you will never want to touch a cigarette again. And I was smart like some of you young people. I thought, okay, ma, don't give her the free cigarette. I go to her so now, one and one hand, I take my every three, eight, four, I go under the bed. So she actually supplied me uh, with cigarettes for the next three months, okay? Sorry, ma. So we have a job to do. We have to see this world brought to order. I know our universities are closed, our young people are not back students, etc. But listen, student pastors, when these young kids come back, you better hit the campuses running and you better bring the fire of God to these young people and you need to stand for God's kingdom business and you need to be the revolutionaries on campus. You need to be louder than the political activists, louder than the civil society activists. You have to be the loudest voices among young people because young people are looking for a radical cause. 
They are not looking for passive Christianity. Listen. They're not looking for a cool message. They're looking for purpose, right? There's nothing young, different about this young generation than my generation when we were young. When I sinned, I sinned radically. I wasn't a mediocre sinner. I sinned radically. I sinned publicly. I sinned unashamedly. I was arrested many times for public rioting and drunkenness, etc. When I sinned, I sinned all the way. But when I turned to God, I turned to God all the way. And that's what we need from young people. We need young people that are radical. Come on, not one foot in the world, one foot in the church, living full on for God. So come on, pastors. You need to pray, carry the fire of God. And when those young people come back, they need to experience the fire of God in your belly in Jesus' name. Not your cool rhetoric, because it changes nobody. Your, your speech doesn't change people. It's what you carry. It's the anointing. It's the glory of God in you, in Jesus' name. So uh, people are going to hell while many in church play church. It's like it just doesn't matter that people are lost. It doesn't matter that people are poor. And this young generation must understand that you have an assignment, not just to sing hallelujah every now and again. You are the generation that has to rise up You are the generation that have to make up your mind. Poverty will be eradicated from South Africa in our lifetime. Say amen in Jesus' name. Come on. You saw your grandmother struggle in poverty. Your mother struggle in poverty. It's not okay. You need to get the hell in with the devil. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Make up your mind and say something has to be done in Jesus' name. And I'm going to be an agent of change by carrying the fire of God. So with the chaos at this hour, it's the, it's the most challenging hour for the church. I, 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 I go as far as to agree with Tabum Begi's brother. We are living in a more challenging hour now, South Africa, than pre-apartheid. Or than apartheid. Pre-94. Are you listening to me? Uh, It's like people are not aware of, of the undercurrents. And political leaders are just subduing things. And you can subdue certain things for only so long. But then there will be an uprising. And I'll tell you, before Satan incites people to an unrighteous uprising, we need a righteous uprising. We need a righteous revolution where young people can bring revival and with revival reform society. Listen, say amen in Jesus' name. So forget this Kumbaya Christianity. It's not the hour for it. It's an hour to be ruthless. It's an hour to be radical. It's an hour to occupy empty spaces. It's an hour to be a voice of God in Jesus' Name, to be louder than any political revolutionary. You are standing for the Kingdom of God. You are standing for the cause of Christ. This is not a time just to think about yourself, my brother, because if you don't think about other people, you yourself are gonna pay the price in the process. Listen. So start a prayer meeting in that school among your friends that are trying to corrupt you. You invite them to a prayer meeting. You say, you come and we are gonna pray. 
And then you pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you don't know how to pray, you just pray and you will watch the glory of God show up in that classroom. You take a stand for Jesus. You change the culture in your classroom. You change the culture among your friends. You were born for this hour. You were born for this hour. You have the greater one living on the inside of you. It's time to arise and shine. It's time to stand up, young person, and to be counted, not to be a statistic. I mean, I've refused my entire life to be a statistic. Forget it. I'm not a statistic. I'm not part of the statistics. They can say unemployment. You say I'm not part of that. They can say you have no future. You say I don't have part of that. You say you cannot get a job. You are not part of it. You say, people say you'll never get education. You make up your mind. I'm not going to be part of it. I love what Djokovic said today in case you listen. He said, I come from a disadvantaged background. And I've seen in the tennis world that those who come from a disadvantaged background are stronger because they've had to fight for where they are. They don't have privilege. They don't stand and always wait for somebody else to do something on their behalf. They've had to fight. They've learned to be disciplined. They've learned to be self-tempered. So listen, you may grow up in a squatter camp. You may grow up in an abusive environment. Let adversity work on your behalf. Let adversity define you. Let adversity build you. Let adversity make you stronger. In the name of Jesus, come on. You have the greater one living on the inside of you. You can use the negative to your advantage in Jesus' name. Well, those kids that grow up in the estates just spend their parents' money on drugs and everything else. You can be the child that gets seven distinctions in candlelight. You can be the child that refuses to be defined by your environment because you're a child of God. You hail from God. You carry the glory of God. You carry the image of God. You refuse to bow to this world. You refuse to conform to your environment. You stand up and some of you young people, you have to get the hell in with the devil and shake yourself out of your situation. Listen tonight. You've been pacified too long by your friends who say they love you, but they don't love you. They're after your testimony. Let's see if they will stay your friends if you become radical for Jesus. When I caught fire for God, first thing my girlfriend left. Good riddance. Scope, scope. Let's see how much your friends like you when you talk Jesus. So we know the greater the darkness, the greater the light. It's the final hour. Listen, the final hour. I haven't even started on you. Give me five minutes there. It's the final hour. The Bible says we're living in the last days. If, if the Bible said that 2,000 years ago, guess where we are now? The last of the last. That means the final hour, final countdown, final moment. With all that's happening in the world, you have to be blind not to see that this is the final hour. And some of you think you just want to run somewhere and preserve a lifestyle. That country will also be shaken. Maybe that country will be shaken more than this country has been shaken because we have been shaken enough. There's one way for South Africa and that's up in Jesus' name. 
We've hit rock bottom. We ain't going down any further. We're going up. Come on, say amen, South Africa. We are going up in the name of Jesus Christ. Things are just going to get better. And I'll tell you, the church will lead the way. Not the building. You, the Christian in society, will lead the way. And God's going to use you. And God's going to take you to the top of the mountain. God's going to give you the power and the influence. And you are going to say what God says. And we will see a whole new beautiful world created. God's order out of a chaotic mess because God appointed you to be alive at this time. Listen to me down there in Cape Town. You're not there to soak. You are there to change that city. Listen, Johannesburg. Listen, Bloemfontein. You are there to change your environment by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So let me give you a scripture before you go TV. This glory of the latter house, this that God is busy with. And I know the last few weeks I've been very direct and how political leaders perceive that is their problem. I don't say it arrogantly, I say it factually because we've had enough of political rhetoric and the politicians who come to our churches have to hear and in our engagement with the president, respectfully, we say the same, that we cannot and will not allow and tolerate this continued chaos in South Africa and the continued statistics of unemployment rising. I said it incorrect, South Africa is the highest unemployment rate in the world. Our currency is the fourth most devalued currency in the world. Who do you think is behind that? We need to wake up. The rand is manipulated by who? Western powers. I know, I, I talk like this, my American brothers say, Art, you know, are you against America? No, I'm not against America, but stop controlling our economy. Stop controlling the riches of South Africa. My word, we want to find solutions. Then America interferes and tells us we cannot restart Kuberg nuclear power station while they run their whole country on new, nuclear energy. Tell us we cannot use the gas that's under our very feet. Enough for 400 years to provide certain forms of heat. The whole Europe runs on it and we're not using the gas that we have because of contracts we have signed with who? So we will call people to account because we have the resources. We cannot be silent on these issues, okay? The solutions are literally under our feet. Gas reserves, oil reserves, we have it all. And yet we import these things from Mozambique. You don't get a liter of gas from South Africa. And we have the fifth largest deposits in the world. Why must we tolerate this nonsense? Contract signed by whoever. While the people of South Africa are suffering. I say these things because those in power have to bring order to this. Those in the know-how, and I've sat with enough politicians. I have the facts, man. I have the facts. Facts, not talk, facts, not speculatively, facts. And we sign agreements with other people that just stop this country from accessing its own resources for the people of South Africa. How can you export energy to seven countries or electricity 
and you never give them load shedding, but you give the people of South Africa load shedding. Excuse me, President. I thought you are the President of South Africa. I thought you are here for South Africa. I thought South Africa first. I thought the people of South Africa first. We cannot stand for this any longer. Say amen or aina or oh me. Hey, I love you, TV. God bless you. Too radical to say this. I don't want to, there's obviously things I can't say from this platform, but I have so many meetings in my private office, in the office in Johannesburg, there's so many role plays, etc. that it's very quiet, very difficult for me to retain myself, to see the level of control and corruption. And what Tabo Becky's brother says, go read the understand, go read what he says. He's one of the smartest people that actually understand the history of South Africa coming through the 80s and uh, how this country was colonized from the 80s and uh, how the Afrikaner was colonized and how the Afrikaner actually became the slave to the uh, c- colonial people. Let me not say certain names because uh, people will take it personal and how our economy has been recaptured by certain people by capturing certain people in politics right now. This country is still captured by outside power. So when we talk about uh, white capitalism, we're not talking against white people in South Africa. We say the people outside of South Africa must take their hands off the wealth of South Africa so that the people of South Africa can benefit by the wealth of South Africa. That has to be reformed. That has to be set in order. Say amen, man. We have the solutions, but we lack the willpower because of agreements that signed in secret. Now I tell you this, these politicians have one year to set it in order. Or they will not be in power anymore. Man, get mad like a snake. You can sail there with your devil in you. I, I don't care. With all this nonsense, the poor people are still poorer. And stop blaming, blaming Jan van Riebeek. He is no more. Vrachtig. What did Jan van Riebeek met vandaag te doen? Jan van Riebeek is not running this country. Oh, people don't like it, but I'll say it. Because I'll say it because I'm not Dutch. I have French blood. French Huguenot. I, I don't come through the, the Dutch. That's why I'm not going to go to Cape Town and ride bicycles. Okay, that was the introduction. Are you ready for the word? Now that I've angered some people, made you think. You know, do you, uh, go read Jesus. Do you think he preached these little messages that made everybody feel better about themselves? As a matter of fact, very few people felt better because they were challenged. He never pacified anybody. Never. That you rich young ruler that kept the commandments and good master, what must I do? A perfect church member. Jesus says, one thing you lack. Sell and give to the poor. 
you kept you you you, you live for yourself. The only thing that matters is yourself. You've got no reward in heaven because all that matters is you. Oh, we don't want to talk to our church members like that because church members don't want to hear that you have to change. They want to hear a pastor just pacify them every Sunday. I'm sorry. That's why America is in the state it is. Because switch every television station. It tells you how great you are, how fantastic you are, how you can do better, how you don't have to change, you don't have to take any responsibility for nothing, etc., etc. And there's no power. You grow up the day you become responsible. Are you listening to me? So, Agai chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, For thus says the Lord of hosts once more. Everybody say once more. It is a little while I will shake the heaven and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. God doesn't say how He's going to do it. But all nations will be shaken. And nations have been shaken. And governments have been shaken. You see what happened in Sri Lanka. People were fed up that they had no power, no water, and the rest is history. The government was dethroned in a day. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple with glory. I've said it and I'll say it a million times. The only thing God is interested in is His kingdom. He's not interested in a political party. He's not interested in a rugby team. He's not interested. He's interested in the Christian playing rugby. But he's not a rugby supporter. He's not a, I mean, I don't know if you watch the tennis game today. Obviously, it's all knowing. But really, they stand there and take all the glory and the praise and the admiration. And there's no mention of God. So, great sportsman, but no eternal impact, eternal reward. Because it's all about me. No, 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 no. God gave you the talent. God gave you the breath. God gave you the tenacity. God gave you the endurance. God gave you the life. You have to glorify God and you have to honour God every day of your life. Amen. So, so the Bible says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ and He shall reign forever and ever. Meaning that God is going to build His kingdom on every other kingdom. We might get there tonight. Okay, I'm a bit long-winded. So, um, when, when, when you understand what Jesus came for, He didn't come to establish a political system. The Jews were looking for a political leader. God sent a Saviour. The Jews were looking for a political system. God brought a kingdom system that challenged every value of the day. And by the way, in the midst of the most oppressive regime, government that ever dominated the earth, the Roman Empire, the cruelest rulers with the greatest chaos and darkness. And yeah, a child is born. Yeah, the star of Jesus Christ is set in the heavens. And that star, my dear friend, is shining brighter than ever. Hallelujah. That star, that glory has not been diminished. No matter how hard people have tried, the Bible is still the number one bestseller. And the church of Jesus Christ is still 
covering all the earth because God said of the increase of my kingdom, there will be no end. Say amen, Christian. That is what you are part of. You are part of God's kingdom. You are part of that which is unstoppable. You are part of that which is not of this world. You are part of that which God Himself established. What God is building in the earth today. Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church, His church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So I see people passionate about their politics and that's good, be an activist in politics. But when you get to a place of power, then bring God's kingdom to your world. Right? I, I, I respect people, different political parties. Thank God we need more than one political party. And, uh, and, and many, many, many good Christians in politics. We need to get rid of the corrupt ones. We need to get rid of the ones who don't care about the people. But there are many, many Christians in politics like there are Christians everywhere. Uh, good people, good ministers in government that are born again uh, on fire of God who are being silenced. And I believe that God has positioned they, them there like Joseph. And their time will come where God is going to promote them and God's going to accelerate them and God's going to put them in places of authority. 2024 next year elections, who knows what's going to happen. Amen. But you better register and you better vote, young person. So he says, I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord. And the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the glory of the former. So if the early church was birthed in glory, think what level of glory and we'll quantify that as I said God is going to bring to His church the very church that nations and governments of this world try to annihilate suppress and silence during this COVID pandemic and I was talking to some pastors this week that uh, have huge ministries in South Africa and the one at the premier that let me not say too much uh, one of the premiers came to see him and he said, because those churches are stronger, many churches that stood during that are stronger today. And he said, we never thought that you would make it. We never thought that you would make it. That the church would make it. Hey, we haven't only made it. We are stronger. We are better. We are more resilient. We are more determined. Come on. We are part of the solution. Come on. We are the light of the world. We are the hope of the world. Oh, come on, young person. The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former. Thus says the Lord. God says it. And in this place I will give peace. So there are days of great shaking, but these are the days of great, great glory for the church. The church in Australia, church in America. The church in uh, South Africa, in Congo, in Malawi. These are great days for the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is our finest hour. If you understand, you were born for this hour. You were born not to be overwhelmed, but you were born to overcome. You were born not to be intimidated. You were born to stand up in the name of Jesus Christ and to take over, not roll over. So before the return of Jesus, there's going to be a great shaking, but there's going to be a great move of God. I don't want to say an outpouring of the Spirit because the Spirit of God's been poured out. The Spirit of, Spirit of God lives in us. 
and when we move, God moves and revival and reform takes place. So people are still thinking, waiting for the glory. The glory has come. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That glory has been deposited in your earthen vessel. We have to awaken you to the fact that you are a glory carrier, that you are a carrier of the image of Christ in the earth. You are a representative of Jesus. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. We have to awaken you to the fact that that's your first calling. You are an ambassador. You represent another kingdom. You represent heaven. You have heaven's backing. You have God's backing. You have the angels backing. So if you will stand for God, God's gonna stand for you in the political arena and in the business arena. You are gonna negotiate contracts that you never thought possible because you are standing for God. You are gonna go places you never thought possible because God said so, not Art Bolsov. You will be the head and not the tail above and not beneath because God said so. You will be blessed coming in, blessed going out because God said so. You will possess the land every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon. You will take because God said so. God said it, that settles it. Doesn't matter what people plot or scheme. It's gonna happen and you have to get ready for it. You have to prepare for yourself. You have to acquire that attitude of dominion and you have to take the land that God tells you to take by force in Jesus' name. So may I remind you that Jesus is not returning for a weak church. He's not returning for a church in hiding. He's not returning for a church that is purposeless. He's returning, Luke 19, 13, for a church that is occupying, that is increasing, that is exercising dominion in the earth. We have the authority. It's the prayer that Paul prays. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, but we act like we're under. You're not under nothing. Well, pastor, under the circumstances. What circumstances? You're not called to be subdued by circumstances. Though your circumstances may be real, you are called to subdue your circumstances. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, you have God on the inside of you. Say amen. So God is always a million steps ahead of the devil. Um, so let me close in the next 39 minutes. No, we'll sooner than that. Uh, Micah chapter 4, let me just give you the prophetic uh, scripture, scriptures that we are living in. Verse 1, Micah chapter 4, the Bible says, It shall come to pass in the latter days. In the latter days. The latter days. That's where we are. The latter days. That the mountain of the Lord's house, mountain talks about kingdom, authority, shall be established on the top of the mountains. Now, the mountain of the Lord is you. That means if you're in standard six, you have to believe to be the head boy, to be the head girl. You have to believe to be the rugby captain. And if you're not, that's fine. Then be the, uh, the head of the chess team or the head of the debate team or wherever God has gifted you. But our young people cannot just go through school not wanting to achieve. There has to be this desire in you because it's a God thing to be the top dog. The Bible says the righteous is more excellent. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were 10 times better. They were young men. They were teenagers. 
that were in exile. And they never allowed Babylon to intimidate them. As a matter of fact, they reformed Babylon, which is the system of the world, because they knew who they were. Although in exile, all those slaves, they never conformed, they never rolled over, they never became victim of a system of apartheid. Yes, it was ungodly, it was unjust, and we still have to have a lot of conversations because conversations has not been had meaningfully. But we can't camp there. We have to move up. We have to get on. And while we're having conversations, we have to rebuild this beautiful country and accept one another as equals at the foot of the cross and, and, and bring hope to the people of South Africa. Amen. So he says, The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion, the law shall go forth and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You know, the Bible says, um, when, 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 when the righteous are in leadership, the people rejoice. How many people in South Africa are rejoicing right now? Question, how many people in South Africa are rejoicing? Just drive and see how many happy faces you see. Huh? The Bible says, When the righteous govern a country, righteous people do things right for the sake of the people. They're not self-serving then the people have reason to rejoice. So if the people of the nation are not rejoicing, the country is not governed correctly. Full stop. Not open-ended, full stop. Nothing to do with the color thing. Zero. Zero. I mean, when a business is governed properly, the people rejoice, they get bonuses, right? Amen. So you're happy when you get your 13th check or, or you, you, because the business is run correctly. But if the business is running the ground, the staff of that business have no reason to rejoice. Zero. Because it's not run correctly. There's no guarantee of, of, of provision. So, so, and the Bible says, what does the Bible say? Righteousness exalts a nation. When we're down here, what is going to lift this country is a spirit of righteousness. And I spoke about it this morning. Not a spirit of, of, of just uh, sugarcoating things and covering up things. It's a spirit of righteousness where our leaders that we pray for and show respect to, will action the decisions they promise. Three yards, the rest of you what? Because we can sit like the frogs in the pot and the water is getting warmer. And when we see again, we're all dead. So civil society has to rise up. And civil society should go way beyond a political party, way beyond a religious group. It should be the citizens of the nation that have to stand up and say, we've had enough of this chaos. And 
serve in their municipal wards and serve in, uh, uh, on councils and not sit on the sidelines but get involved in university structures, on parenting boards and be the influencers so that you can bring direction to the school. It's like as Christians, we, we, we're not aware what Jesus means. We are the salt of the earth. So that means the salt has to be out of the cellar. The salt has to be out there in the world. The salt has to be in the committees. The salt has to be on the boards out there. The salt has to preserve and bring change, okay? The salt cannot just That's not where the salt can be. We can start there, but then we have to get out in society. We have to get elected on committees. We have to serve in the council, in, in, in councils and be the local ward councillor as a Christian righteously so that you can change your world for Jesus Christ. Is this a bridge too far for the church? This is how we will change. We have to occupy the space. Our presence has to be felt. We have to become voices. Show up in the meeting and say something, whether people like it or not. Not just go on social media and say, this government is corrupt, blah, blah, blah. It means nothing. The people of South Africa, the righteous people, and I believe there's many, okay? There are many righteous people. We have to get out of this coma. We have to get out of the sleep mode, the computer, the COVID vacuum that many people are still in. And we have to occupy the space. We have to take the territory in culture, in sport, in politics, in education, in every level, civic society, we have to occupy the space so that we can set the temperature of righteousness. We have to engage. Amen. You're the light of the world. Well, then you have to shine. He says, a city that is set on a hill brings light. You don't hide a light under a bucket. So do people even know you're a Christian where you work? Or are you the FBI? A submarine Christian. Every Sunday your periscope comes out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. There you go again. Submarine Christian. No, you're the salt. You're the light. And listen. When the church is raptured, you haven't begun to see the chaos that's going to break loose. It's the only way the Antichrist is going to rule this world when those who carry and bear the image of Christ is raptured out of this world. Then there's going to be chaos overnight because it's still the church, it is still the Christian, it is still the prayers of the saints that are keeping the enemy at bay. Amen. Our light is still keeping darkness at bay. But there's going to come a time, come on with a shout of an archangel, with the voice of the archangel and the sound of a trumpet. And Jesus Christ is going to return. And you and I who are alive, we are going to be raptured and we're going to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And we are going to rule and reign with Him for a thousand years back on this earth over these nations. Come on, that time is coming. But until then, we have to occupy. Until then, we have to establish the house of God. Until then, we have to be the light in the world. That's who we are, my brother and my sister, serving God with kingdom intention and kingdom purpose. That my life matters. 
My voice matters. I matter. I can make a difference as Esther, Rahab, a harlot, Joseph, a young boy, sold into slavery, never overcome, overwhelmed. But wherever he found himself, he rose to the top because the Lord was with him. And that's what this country needs. People that know the Lord is with him and people that walk with God. People that walk with God. Not people that play church. People that walk with God. God first. 2023, you want to see this year of acceleration in your life? Don't make it this superficial slogan. It is going to be by God, by God's grace, by God's power and through God's word and no other way. It's going to be through His kingdom order because when God brings order, it's His way and not our way. It's not by might nor by power. People can come with all their plans and schemes and, and, and while this person is coming with a plan, this person that is more greedy is trying to hijack this person's plan because it's so ingrained in society uh, corruption and greed and everything else. The only person who can dismantle that is Jesus Christ Himself. Listen to me very carefully because there is no other way for this country to be healed than to find people and leaders that will turn back to God like I said this morning Hezekiah did with all his heart. There is no other way. There is no other way. All the plans, all the schemes, all the smarts, all the shops, all the lies, all the delay tactics employed by politicians. People have had enough. And we're this close to a revolt, a civil revolt in South Africa, in case you don't know. That's what I'm saying to the prayers. You need to pray, 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 that God keeps people's hearts at rest while people are raised up that will be responsible and bring healing to South Africa and part of that is economic reform. Our people need jobs, okay? Our people need to be educated. We can't play around with these things. People need more than quoting Bible verses, okay? People need jobs. We need a, a free market economy. We need politicians to stop controlling the economy of South Africa and change these stupid bylaws that make it impossible for people to contribute to this country. We need change in South Africa and that's what I pray for. I don't only pray for it, I talk to those that are in power very directly, whether they like it or not, it matters not. We are here to stand for truth, for justice and to break the spirit of poverty and suffering over the people of South Africa. I was driving back from Johannesburg today and uh, Pastor Andre was with me in the car and there were these two young guys crossing the road from the squatter camp that they live in, just across the road from the shopping center. And I said to Andre, I said, think where they woke up this morning. Think how they had to wash this morning. No, we don't see people because we've grown up and it's not just white people anymore. The black elitists are just the same and those People that have been empowered with government contracts and have become super billionaires overnight are, are part of the system that has controlled this country exactly the same. Controlled this country exactly the same. Also bought. Same. And make it a white thing. It's a spirit of greed 
that never can get enough. And I'm, I'm looking at these two young people and I think, what is their future? What's their future? Huh? Hello? Hello? What, what is their future? What is the future of Yay sit in your estate, man, some with your man, your bar, and you cake for him with the attitude. Mag jy die swart seen gewees het, wat ek vanochtend gesien het, wat onder een bos bly, wat ergens water moes gaan uitkrap het, en homself gewas het, en jy sit daar, want jy, wat, jy het nog nooit die pijn van ander mense gesien het, want jou maan, jou paad, jou geleer, jou leven gaan oor jou, en ek sê vir jou jong mens, ek het my kinders geleer, die leven gaan nie oor jou nie, Jylle wil het nie hoor nie, maar jy is nie die middelpunt van die wereld nie. Jy is een kind, wat groot gemaakt moet word in die weer van die Heere. En jy moet verantwoordelijkheid vat vir jou leven. Jy moet verantwoordelijkheid vat vir ander mense. Jy moet verantwoordelijkheid vat om hierdie land te verander. Luister vir my. Luister. Luister. Students on back, but you're not yet to see how many girls you can kiss in your first year. You are yet to be an agent of change, a different, a difference maker, a world shaker, to be part of history. It's the greatest time to be alive in ever. I pray that you hear me tonight because we don't need a million young people to stand up. We need key individuals to hear what I have to say tonight. He's standing up in Cape Town, engaging in politics because I believe Christians should be involved in politics. Not your political party becomes your God because then you're off the wagon totally. You should engage in politics and uh, you should engage in, in society, in leadership platforms. You should, in debates, and uh, be the light, the voice of reason in society. So if you died tonight, where would you go? After everything is said and done, you have one life. And you have to make that life count. No matter how many people like you, agree you with you, your friends sitting in the church with you there in Bloemfontein, if you died, would you go to heaven? Can you say, I fully live for God? Because Jesus himself said, if you're hot or cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I would that you were either hot or cold. Tonight, young person, make a decision to give everything to Jesus Christ, to surrender all to Jesus Christ. And I talk about young people, everybody under the age of 85. Never too late to find your purpose. Moses was 80, 80 years old when he found, 85 actually, when he found his purpose in God. Lost it when he was 40, rediscovered it when he was 85. And he became the greatest ruler Israel ever had, 85. God never gives up on you. Your mistakes don't define you. But the decision you make tonight can influence and impact hundreds of thousands of people. How do you know? How do you know? When I gave my life to Jesus, I never thought anything. But it changed everything. All I knew is I was lost and I wasn't going to live like this any longer. I knew I needed a Savior and I found Him. I want every head bowed, every eye closed in all our churches. You're sitting there tonight, God's talking to you. He's knocking at your heart. And He's calling you to a life of surrender, a new beginning, a fresh start. 
I'm not here to judge you, to point out any flaw or fault. But I want to say to you that if you don't live full on for God, you're going to be swept away by the tide of what this world is all about. And if you can't stand for God in church, you are never going to stand for God out there. So you're sitting here tonight, you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. You praat with me vanavond. My saak is not right, my Heer. I get afgedwaal, I get koud geword, weggedwaal. Vanavond hoor ek jou. God praat met my. In my heart weet ek het. Want jy voel in jou hart waar God met jou praat. Ek weet het. Tonight I feel God is talking to me. I feel like hiding. But God's talking to me. Then I want to pray for you. Tonight you say, I want to give it all to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Or I want to come back to Jesus. That's the cry of your heart quietly wherever you are. Slip your hand. I want to pray for you. Raise your hand in the air. I want to pray for you. If that's your desire, quickly raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Raise it up. Don't worry what your boyfriend thinks. Jimmel, man, die van die jaren, hy sê in elk geval nie meer jou boyfriend nie. Get over it. Really. Vanavond vry jy jou volgende week vry iemand anders. Let's just get real here. Just get real. You live long, life long enough, you've seen it all. There's a stirring in your heart. You say yes. Tonight, I want to get right with God. You've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up quickly. Slip it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you over there. Amen. Amen. What a great honor to pray with all of you. Um, Everybody pray with us as people are still moving. It's fine. Put your hand on your heart. Everybody, they're in your seat as well tonight. If you don't know where your heart is, I'm going to get off here and I'm going to come to you and help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Trying to help you. I don't preach this for me. I preach this for you, by the way. I don't sweat up here for me. I sweat up here for you. Preach my voice away. Tomorrow I have no voice. I do it for you. I sit on a Saturday, vegetate, do nothing. So I have the energy and a voice to preach to you. I'm committed. I don't play games. That's my life. I'm a slave to this. So that's why I'm not going to play with you. Put your hand on your heart. Pray with me tonight. Say, Lord Jesus, tonight I give my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. Thank you for loving me so much that you died for all my sin. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're alive. Tonight, I accept you as my Lord, as my Savior, and I thank you for forgiving me of every sin. Today, I surrender all to you, and I thank you for a fresh start and new beginning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. I believe you meant it with all your heart. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.